0: Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Adam Vrabel. Adam is currently the volunteer at the University of Louisville. He's been there for seven years. Great experience that he's been able to acquire since he's been at Louisville. Has made a few Stops prior to Louisville, coaching college baseball at a few other schools. In this episode, we talk about some of his duties at Louisville, which include helping out with base running, outfield play, and the offense. One of the things that I really like about Adam is just his energy, and you can really feel it in this episode. He's so excited and so passionate about baseball, and I and I love to talk with with coaches and just people in general who love what they do, and it just you can you're really going to be able to to uh, to hear that in this episode. Um, if you haven't already, please make sure to go subscribe, rate, leave a review on iTunes. Um, I love going going to iTunes and listening—not listening, but and reading all the reviews and and just seeing all the different ratings that people have been able to put on lately. So I, I do appreciate those who who do do that. This episode is brought to you by Blast Motion. Blast Motion is a bat sensor you put on the end of your bat. It tracks how long you're on playing with the pitch for, whether you swing down or up on the ball, how how fast your bat speed is. It's a great product for how much it costs. If you go to BlastMotion.com and type in code PJB25, they'll hook you up with a great deal. So go to BlastMotion.com, type in code PJB25, and they'll hook you up. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Adam Vrabel. All right, well, we are now live with Adam Vrabel. Adam, thanks for coming on the show.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: So you're down at Louisville right now. Um, you know, this episode is going to come out on on Tuesday after the first weekend, but we're recording this um, on Tuesday before the first weekend of college baseball. Highest, I think, 25 degrees on Friday, your guys' opening day. Um is I mean, does that change the uh, philosophy of the game? Like when it's that cold outside?
1: No, I I really don't think it does. I mean, if you really truly think about it, this game, obviously, you know, you got to pitch and throw strikes and defend first mm-hmm. and foremost. And then uh, it comes down to the hits, the situational hitting. And really, truly, at the end of the day, I mean, the game doesn't change. I mean, you ask anybody across the, the country, especially in our game, the college level you know, we've been waiting for a long time for this. And I don't know one coach and one player that this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna bother them. You know, th- this is something that we've been looking forward to and I know our players and our staff have been looking forward to for a long time.
0: Yeah, and it's something that, unfortunately you guys got cut short last year. I mean, in the, I mean, I'm in the minor leagues. We didn't even get to have any type of season or, or anything, but when I'm, when I guess one of the things that I'm I'm curious about is, how do you change your, or do you, do you guys change your f- philosophy on hitting or just approach or anything just based off of where you guys play? Cause I know at Louisville, it's a pretty big ballpark and it's all turf field too. So I, does that change how you guys approach anything offensively?
1: No, it really doesn't. I, nothing has changed. Um, working with Coach Snyder here and, and obviously our head coach, uh, Coach McDonald. I, it hasn't. Nothing's changed. You know, we talk about having bullets, um, and for that, there's there's many different things. Um, you know, obviously within the game, you got to be able to bunt, situational hit, um, two strike. You got to be able to move the baseball, uh, especially at this level. I think that's one of the things that's undervalued, uh, especially in the college yeah, I see in the college game, but in the game in general, uh, especially when it's cooler and early in the year, there's a lot of northern teams that. You know, unfortunately for them, they're not, they're not outside. Um, So you got to be able to move the baseball early. Um, And then, like I said, you got to be able to hit and run just, just things that, that you can use. Um, We talk about it all the time, bullets. I mean, again, hit and run, even go to speed, you know, you can, you run first to third? Uh, Can, can you get that bag uh, when you need to early or late in the game? um so there's a lot of things within the game that you can control that you can really truly work at other than just getting in the cage um and just have the strong mindset and that's what it gets down to is what are you what's your thought process during all of this you know and if you go up to the plate or if you you're in the at first base and you need to get a bag and you know you can get that bag that always just helps you um you know at at different times in the ball game different situations are going to are going to rise up and you know, the guys who have uh, have more bullets, you know, they, they can do a little bit more things.
0: Would you say that that uh, at Louisville, you guys didn't waver your approach too much just in the last couple of years with the whole launch angle revolution and trying to get the ball in the air and and not bunting as much or hitting and running or anything like that? Would you say you guys that didn't really affect your guys' mindset on hitting?
1: Uh No, it, it really didn't. You know, we, we communicate with our guys. That, that's one of the things. Um, within this program and coach Snyder and I have been here for the last seven years and and the biggest thing is again is communicating with the players and and building that trust and a lot of times yeah we're instructing them we're we're telling them what we see Um, but a lot of times what I think gets overlooked is hey tell me what you see or tell me what you feel and you know for us, yeah, early on, cooler temps, man. You hit that ball in the air, good luck. Uh, you know, good good luck. And that's that's one of the emphasis on the side of of pitching and defense. I mean, on the flip side, you got to be able to defend that. Um, but yeah, you know, we talk so much, you know, just within our within our within our program and our scheme of things from an offensive approach uh, mentality is, man. At the end of the day, it's about hard, consistent contact. That's what we preach here you know, and then we can start talking about, and everybody, everybody has different variables, you know, for us, again, we look at some of it, of the information that we have, because we have all the systems and the networks. um, And those are all good metrics to look at, you can look at some of those things. But sometimes, in my opinion, especially these younger guys, they get caught up looking at it a little bit too much. And it kind of takes away the emphasis on, hey, man, (laughs) there's a round ball coming at you, and you got a round bat. And at the end of the day, it's about putting your position, yourself in position to hit. And hit the ball consistently hard, and that's where exit velos. And again, once you start talking about even some angles and that off the bat, uh, kind of come into play. But um, you know, one of the things is again, just it's it's very consistent. We're very consistent with how we're um, with how we're communicating with our guys. Um, but also it's, it's the trust. It's the feedback. You know, if I'm expecting a player to kind of do some things for me that I want, and I want them to obviously one, they got to tell me what they're feeling, what they think they're doing. And then with our video systems, and like I said, all of our equipment, we can give them that feedback. So maybe the feel versus that what's actually real, what's happening at that point.
0: So I was reading up on you on on Louisville's website and, it says that you also help out with base running and outfield play. So I know with base running and stealing bases, some places they do the jump lead. Some it's more traditional. What's your guys' approach to to stealing bases? and,
1: and Yeah. Base you know, what, what's nice about it here with the staff is again, I, I I was an infielder. Coach Snyder was an infielder and coach McNall was an infielder. So you got three different guys with, you know, that can kind of help with different players and that's what i think separates us from from some is you know there's no ego here at the end of the day who can help this kid who can reach this kid who can help this kid get to his maximum potential and so yeah and 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 you even flip it to the outfield side i mean I, i'm going i'm going to you know, our pro guys, I'm going to different organizations trying to, and that's kind of what in my field, of it, what's coaching is. I mean, you're trying to get ideas and, and you're just trying to help enhance the player. How can I make this guy better? Um, so collectively as a unit, we're all adding into it. And the reason why I say that is it even goes even into the base dealing is, you know, because there are some guys who, who need to create a little bit more momentum, more at second base, of course. Some guys like to be a little bit open. You know, we look a lot at our strength coach, Zach Farrell, does a phenomenal job with our guys, test our guys with their hips, their ankles, you know, should he start a little bit more open to kind of get more clearance to kind of help him get to that straight line to the back side of the bag. So there's a lot of different variables that kind of add into this. So honestly, it's more of a hybrid. It's more of a hybrid approach. It's more of a, there is a, there's a system to it but it's also tailored a little bit more to the individual um, because again, we're looking at videos of different guys from now, even to, you know, a few bit, few years back and, and just trying to, just trying to add and maybe body type and maybe even athletic ability. Um, so it's a little bit more of a hybrid it's a little bit more tailored towards the individual and kind of their abilities. Um, because again, we tell everybody, I, I don't, I don't care if you're the slowest guy in our program, you should get ten bags in this system, you know, just because of the understanding of the game and the awareness of the game and what's going on and being able to look at a pitcher or maybe look at a setup of a catcher and and try to exploit that so um it's all rains I mean everybody's everybody's got to be ready to run in this system
0: yeah that's uh that's something that's pretty cool. I think about you guys. I remember when I was at Xavier, we went down to Louisville and you guys this very aggressive team overall, you know, very aggressive, running hard out of the box, stealing bases. Um, you know, I, I remember also just in the outfield, the outfield play was very, very good. I remember even watching some highlights of Adam Engel robbing some home runs mm-hmm. at Louisville and, and that other thing. So when we get into outfield play specifically, are there certain drills you like having the guys do or is it more so just live reads off the bat and bp which i think is probably the best but yeah I mean, you may not always have access to that
1: yeah no i mean really truly it's it's live reads you know and, and that's one one part of it um and like i tell our guys number one you never know how many reps you're going to get on any given day you know um especially at the college level with classes and and you're open to windows and practices so you never know how many reps you're going to be getting that day. So yeah, I really push, you know, there's days that within our BP, we only have one uh, defensive group and that normally that's down the road. That's more in a couple in the next couple of months. Right now we're, we're having two. And the emphasis is we catch everything you're moving. So yeah, the ball's up in the air. You're going to catch the ball. I need you to go after the balls in the gaps. I need you to go after the balls in the gaps and cut it off and get the feel of ball on the ground and have a play in your mind. So early on in the year, especially in the fall, I really get on these guys, play this like a game. So even if you're not catching the ball, it doesn't matter. It, has, it does, doesn't matter. I want you to play like there's a situation and I want you to play like the games on the line. Because what ends up happening is, these guys try to put themselves in that they think of it. They think they're preparing for it. It's like a guy shooting a free throw, like, oh, here we go. Let's see. This is going to be the game. But until you're actually there, that's that's the thing. So I want my guys actually visually training and preparing themselves as if this is the game. And some guys are better at it than others. I mean, of course. Um, so I really make the push on that, really strong for BP, the BP reps. Um, you know, I'll even have guys shadow. So if we're doing an inner squad scrimmage, which we just finished up doing, but just if I can get a guy out there and have him behind and just stay a couple feet back and get reads off the bat, I tell our guys all the time, you should be so good at it. You should be an instructor from the standpoint of I'm in right field and just by the tell of his swing, you should have anticipation of whether or not this ball is coming to you or not. Um, And then uh, we do a series of glove drills that I'll do off of a machine. Uh, I'll run the guys through. Um, it includes it's almost like an infielder. You're moving your feet. Obviously, you have your ones where you're you're in a position to field, and make throws to bases, and that. We'll switch our feet up. Um, you know, we'll do glove turns and we'll do backhands, and just try to create some of those. Hop- so we get some good glove work. So we stick our hands in our glove and and, and create that momentum through the bases. Um, and then uh, I, I do a lot early on a lot of just. Drop drills where if I'm inside or even if I'm outside, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll set cones up 5, 10, 15 yards up, and I'll have those guys break, turn, and run and not look up until they hit that, and then they got to find the baseball. Um, and like we talked about earlier, earlier on in the year, depending on the sun, depending on the wind, depending on the cold, you know, I take a, I take a machine out there and I shoot that ball up, and it's not fun. It's really not fun but these guys got to learn. I mean, you're going to have to do it. You know, it, it's no matter where you're at, heck, even if you're in Omaha and the, at the end of the summertime, you know, who's to say it's not sunny and or it's not windy or it's not rainy. It's not breezy. I mean, all these different variables come into play and it's my job as a coach to put these guys in a position to feel comfortable. So, you know, around here, we say it all the time, you know, be comfortable at being uncomfortable. We're going to put you guys in different situations. Some of them you don't like, Um, but you you know, you're going to have to feel that you're going to have to feel that it's just like when you're up there and, and here's a, a super regional setting right here, you're going to have to get in the box and face a first, second, third rounder in order to go to Omaha. And the only way for us to prepare you for that is to, is to go through things to kind of help you prepare for that as much as possible. So, um, but I think that, like I said, I think, um, just putting our players in positions and helping them. Uh, as much as they can will we'll ultimately take you know their skill set should take over with their preparation and their hard work
0: what about when your uh, outfielders are actually fielding the ball I know sometimes um, the, the traditional curl hop is what's what's taught and then sometimes it's the, the pro step I see a lot lot younger kids doing the traditional curl hop what do you did you teach something specific down there for outfielders as they're fielding the ball
1: so, so, yeah, and again, it even goes back into our field work. Now, we'll do different stuff, but I'll even shoot me off a machine. Uh, I'll shoot ground balls and we'll throw to bases. So there's a specific time during a practice where the, all the eyes are on our outfielders and you're going to have to throw this guy out running from first to third. And my biggest thing is, hey, once you see that ball at the bat, you got to cut the distance. So you got to go full bore at this baseball and you, you, you got to, and again, this goes into our training with our feet, you know, you got to be able to put yourself in a position to feel this ball. And to me, it's you're feeling right on through and, and you're getting this ball in and out of your glove, you know, I, I just think back to hey. Hey, don't show your arm unless you really truly have to which those for us are, are, are the deeper throws you know to me the fly balls or the hard hit balls. Um, but where are you making those throws to, you know? So obviously if you're in right field and that ball's hit pretty hard and it's to your left or your right, we're anticipating that guy going first to third. What's nice about here is, yeah, the way we play, as you alluded to earlier, you know, we, we do that. We emphasize the base running, the first, to third, the hard out of the box. It's a double. It is a double until they stop you. Um, and what that does is it helps our guys. So throughout the whole fall, early spring, that helps my outfielders prepare for that. I would rather him play like that. So um, yeah, it's about getting to the baseball and getting through it and then just is getting through. And I want it to be clean. I want to be accurate. You know, a lot of guys will get caught up in the arms. Hey, that's great. You got good arm strength. Hey, that's great. But you can't put the ball where you want it consistently enough. You know, that's not really going to help. So uh, I'd rather keep that ball down, of course, on this turf, boom, one hop, skip, Keeping it down, giving our guys a, a chance to make a play at third base or uh, to play wherever it may be. So, um, you know, I just want my guys to get to it, feel comfortable getting to it as quick as they can, field through and, and make that throw.
0: Yeah, I'd say from the outfield position, it seems that, and I mean, you work more closely with outfielders than I do on a regular basis, but that the arm strength is is a little bit overrated. I would say if I'm judging an outfielder, that's probably not the first or second thing that I'm looking for if I'm evaluating him just as a, an outfielder. Mm.
1: Yeah, it, it helps, of course. It definitely helps, helps. And it, yeah, it helps yeah, so yeah. You just, you know,
0: the defense not taking advantage knowing yeah. you have a yeah. bad arm.
1: That 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 is true. No, and, and you're right. I think, again, it even goes back to, you know, I, I just think back to when I played and I always try to do that, not to open a yearbook on myself, but I always try to, what what could my guys be thinking about? Like where, where could their minds be? So I'm constantly kind of communicating with them, asking them questions, but I'm trying to even put myself in it. Cause as a coach, you step back and say, you know, these are 18 to 22 year old guys and where are their minds at? So yes, you know, their whole time arms, be they want to throw hard, you know, they want to throw hard. But when you, like you're saying, once you, that's a nice tool to have. But again, if you're having trouble getting to the ball and getting rid of it, I always think back to, when I played David Eckstein and Raphael for call, you know, David Eckstein, in my opinion, you know, he just, Hey, I'm going to get to the ball faster than you. I'm going to get rid of the ball faster than you. And I'm going to eliminate you being able to sit back and throw it 90 some across the infield. Um, so that's the approach that I take is I want you to be so good at reads and getting to the ball and cutting it down where that, that third base coach is looking up like, man, he, how is he getting to that ball? So yeah, I really want to I really want my guys to feel comfortable in that. And again, to kind of come back to it, yeah, the arm speed is the arm strength is really nice, but you got to be able to transfer the baseball. You got to be able to get the ball in your glove, out of your glove and be accurate uh more often than not because yeah, your arm strength when does that really come into play? You know, a deep fly ball and you're going to have to try to throw somebody at the plate. Yeah. Um but ain't really if you're moving back we're scoring anyway, or right. a teams scoring anyway. So you're, you're more or less having to move in. So again, for me, I, and I do that, it's all about, it's all about a transfer, a clean transfer, getting the ball out of your glove. And you're not going to have a four seam grip all the time. You're going to have to get the ball out of your glove and throw it with whatever grip you have. So, um, and we do some things that kind of help with that too.
0: Just getting into a little bit more that your guys is hitting and approach, and maybe we could talk a little about two strike approach. I know I was I was had Todd Williams on at Kentucky, and he says he physically wants to see some sort some dis different or diff, be able to differentiate when they're in two strike count versus a regular count, just physically stance mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Do you guys do anything? Not I mean maybe similar to that, or is it just all approach and mindset based with two strikes?
1: Yeah, so you know, for us, again, it's it's getting started. Every hitter gets started differently and land in a position to hit. So those are the real big emphasis um that that we're that we're going with uh with these guys. Two strike wise, the whole point, hey, we move the ball and, and college baseball specifically. I mean, think about it, we're not getting the reps um that uh that a professional team may be getting. So you know, for us is are we? You know, some guys do choke up on the bat, and uh, some guys don't. We'll we'll have guys go through that where they, you know, is it a? Again, does it feel right? Well, if it doesn't feel right, and again, we're not pushing the whole choke up, but there's got to be a there's got to be a clear vision, and that's where the mindset more or less comes in. It's it's all approach related. It's all, hey, I got two strikes on me here, especially with runners on base. I, I got I have to move this ball. I mean, good things are going to happen if I'm going to move this baseball right here. Um, you know, and that's really when it gets down to with runners at second and third, you know, even the outs. I mean, you, the ball's got to be moved. I mean, that's that's the worst thing that can happen if we got runners at second and third or runners at third base and nobody out, one out and we don't even move the ball, like y- you got to be able to move the ball. So yeah, I mean, pitch by pitch, the approach changes. And, again, it even changes from our skill set at the plate to even who's on the mound. Um, But we do this from day one here when guys get on campus. It's the being uncomfortable position, uh, being comfortable and uncomfortable. And we have drills designated for that where, yeah, guys in the beginning will think it's a little unrealistic. Uh, but the reality of it is when you're trying to compete out there or anywhere for that matter, division two, I mean, there, there's a lot of really good programs in the juco level. I played juco. I mean, there, there are programs across the country, across the board um, that have dudes running out there. And man, if you don't have an approach, if you don't have discipline at the plate, if you don't trust yourself, which is hard, you know, and that's, that's the part of coaching that we're trying that little knack that we're trying niche, we're trying to get in with our players, um is to kind of help them the more they're in that position the more they understand it um you know the better the better they're going to be because they're more prepared for it so yeah there is with two strikes there's got to be a heightened awareness that this ball has to be moved um and it's not easy and we know that but as a part of our training we're, we're trying to prepare those guys as much as we can
0: you mentioned right there, just, uh, you know, uh, talked to about the environment and practice design and making it pretty hard in practice. What's a typical practice look like for you guys, maybe just in the, in the off season, uh, what's that environment look like?
1: Well, everything's competition based, okay. everything. Um, and everything that we do within this program is recorded, um, from a standpoint of statistics. I mean, we got, um, some pitchers who are uh, writing and jotting down all the, the feeling opportunities and the errors um, maybe that the infielders are doing. I have the same with a manager helping me out with the outfielders. Everything is a competition. Every time you come to the ballpark, everything you're competing, you're not only competing against yourself, but you're competing against others. Uh, And that's what makes this place special is, you know, when you come here you choose to come here and play here, there's competition across the board. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to be in that environment. You know, it's not like you want jobs handed to you. You want to earn these opportunities. But during practice, you know, and you, and you probably heard this before. Yeah, I mean, the game should be the easiest part. The game should be the easiest part when you play this game. Um, so everything we do, e- even from offensively, um, from when we do our steel breaks at first base and second base, I mean, we have guys that are competing and that's where it gets, it gets personal with some guys. I mean, you start to peg point some guys and it starts with some fun and games. And then next thing you know, it's on like, and we do that with the, with our competitions I mean, we'll have competitions at the, at the conclusion of, of a defensive fundamental and, uh, whether it's a two strike game or it's a hit and run game. Um, and it's just not balls laid right up in there. You know, it, it's moving, it's breaking balls. So we, we have a uh, controlled scrimmage that we, that we do sometimes where we eliminate. Um, I say not eliminate, but what we'll do is we'll use it more on the front end of practice with BP, whatever we're trying to do that day, uh, but we'll incorporate it in a, a controlled scrimmage where we'll set the table for the guys, whether it's first and third with one out. So it's got a little bit more of an emphasis. You know, you got an emphasis defensively and offensively. Um, But then you put them in situations. Hey, you got a runner on third base. There's infield in with one out. You know, what's the situation going to be? What are they trying to do to you? Um, maybe Maybe it's a runner at third base with the infield back, and we're wanting to utilize the middle of the field. And again, when we do those things, it it tells us, it tells us where their mind's at. Are they thinking the game? Do they have an understanding when they get in the box or when they're on the bases? Do they understand when to tag, when not to tag? Um, can I be aggressive on this guy with this arm strength? Does he have to get pushed more into the gap or down the lines? Um, and that's where the coaching points really come into play is, is, is that's when you can utilize um, different scenarios and different things and there's times early in the year where we lean a little bit more to the coaching of the game or even uh, just having those guys the knowledge of it of what's going on and again they, they're not going to get it they're not going to be perfect but again that's that's for us to help those guys communicate those guys because that's you know because um, that's where ultimately that's where we're going to want them to be i mean once you get to the end of the year you know you're not hitting for them <laughs> yeah. so um, but yeah it, it's it's competitive across the board everything everything has to be a competition uh, because the more and more you put those kids in the environment, the more and more they're accustomed to it. It's more, you know, more natural to them. So the freshmen normally struggle a little bit earlier with it, of course, when they first get in um, because they've never been around. They've never done this before. They never had a lifting schedule and they've never had a diet, you know, a diet plan and all these different variables come in. So it's a little bit harder for the freshmen um, but it's nice to see them. That's, that's the whole growth process from the fall going through the Christmas break. And even now we have our, you know, our spring training before, prior to the season, um, is to see these guys, they're, 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 they're evolving as a baseball player and, uh, and where their minds are at. So some guys pick it up faster than others, but at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're coaching them. So
0: how do you, how are you able to individualize in a team setting? Cause you, you've mentioned a couple of times, which is totally makes sense. You only have so much time because the NCA restricts the amount of hours you can spend with your players. So how are you able to make sure that these guys get the personal attention that they need? And I know individualization has been a buzzword. It's probably taken off too much really on social media, but how do you make sure that these guys do get what they need individually in a team setting? Cause it's not easy.
1: No, it's not easy. Um, you know, and to think of it, you know, to sit there and grab every single guy and spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes of, of of the time a daily, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, so again, we have things that we're doing as a team, but there's also time where we're grabbing guys individually. Um, and again, we utilize video a lot and there's things where I'm sitting there by the cage. I pull my phone out. I send it to the player. I send what I, my message I want to say to him or vice versa with coach Snyder um, who's in there. And we communicate that way. So, you know, there's times I'm communicating with guys at, at eight, nine 30 at night, you know, where they're sitting there watching a ball game or something like that. And Hey, did you get, you know, you watched that video? Yeah. And then we, you know, we go back. So there is time outside of that. And I think that's always good too, because then you put it on them. So, it's not that you're quote like you're a robot in the sense of I'm just going to do what you tell me to do all the time. Well, no, I need you to be able to to figure some things out on your own, too, because, like I said, you're in the box. I mean, you're going to have to what are you feeling and what's your approach? And you're going to have to be able to make those adjustments on the fly. So I like to I like to do that. I like to say things to to players and have them try to obviously help you know make that correction or whatever it may be. And then show them video wise of what it was and why I said what I said. Um, so that they can, and they, that's for me to help our guy. I, I have to make, you know, I can say one thing to one player, he may get it, but the other guy, he might not quite get it. So I might have to go a different route, a different Avenue with him. And that's why I love coaching so much. Um, because you know, I think back to, you know, when I was playing a couple of guys would say something, I'm like, what? And then now you're coaching or you step back or you just get a little older and you sit there and say, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I understand. I understand what he was trying to what was the message there. Um, so I, I just again, it gets more towards tailored to these guys where dudes are running in and and the stuff that we're doing. It's not comfortable. You know, right now we're doing angles with velo, and we're doing breaking balls with velo. And so a lot of what we're doing is posture related. Can you maintain your posture? This, this picture is trying to get you on the rocking chair. So, you know, in my mind, these dudes aren't feeling great all the time. And, but they got to be able to go out there and perform against guys with really good stuff. Balls aren't going to be laid right on the tee for you. So um, we go, we, we get a lot of different ways in which we go. And again, that's where Coach Snyder and I will, we'll have, we'll have a plan two, three weeks in advance of what we're wanting our guys to do. Uh, it's been great working with him. I've learned a lot, man, even being on this staff, I'm, I'm the youngest guy on the staff. So I, I mean, I, I am, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I try to take in as much information, as much information I possibly can. Um, and I use our pitching coach, Roger Williams. He's been great because, you know, here's a guy who's looking and trying to exploit certain hitters and what they're trying to do and what he's looking at cues. I want to know what those are. Yeah. You know, I want to know what those are, too, what you're looking at, because I want to be able to help our guys do that. So it, there's a lot of different things that go on. And as you can tell, man, I, I love this game. I love this. I love the sport. I love communicating with players. I think it's, it's very special. Um, and I, I, for me, it's just I, I want to help these guys get it. You
0: know, yeah, it's funny you said that because I was talking to a college coach the other day and he's like, yeah, I listened to all your all your episodes, especially the the ones that involve hitting coaches, because I want to know what those guys are teaching their hitters at the Mm -hmm. plate. And I can just reverse engineer that to help out with our pitchers. So it sounds like you're doing the exact same thing, just on the opposite end.
1: Yeah. And again, it's more of like our guys will all get here. And again, we, even with a normal year, obviously, you know, COVID put a lot on it with, with guys playing summer ball and all that. And, you know, we have our guys go off and, and play in many different leagues. I like it. You know, I like it because on a typical year I got our guys get here in the fall and man, they have us from the fall all the way to June. You know, they're hearing myself and coach Snyder speak. And now these guys kind of get the refresh button where they can go into a different environment and hear from different guys. And I want that. You know, I want that. There's some, you know, there's some that maybe don't like that. Well, I, I just want them to do, I like it because I want my guys to be around other players or other coaches. And again, at the end of the day, if my guy gets it, I don't care how he gets it. Yeah. I just want to help the kid get it. I just want to help the kid be good and understand it. So if there's a different way in which something can be taught, man, I, I want to know that. I want to hear that. So I'm just, I'm just like, that, you know, that whoever that was, like, I, I want to hear the offensive style and the offensive approach. Uh, I think you have to have balance. I think you really do. And um, you know, like I said, to the player, you gotta, you gotta kind of look at what the player is. And even when you go into the realms of recruiting, I mean, the type and style of player that you may recruit to fit your system. Um, you know, cause we've always got that too. Well, you, you know, you like fast runners, speed guys. And, well, wait a minute. Now I can take a guy who can thump a little bit. Why can't I make him athletic? Why can't I make him move? Why can't he be a base threat? You know? So you don't have to be a base stealer. You have to be a base threat, which means mm-hmm. you, have, you have to know how to run the bases. And yeah, if, there's no reason why you can't get 10 bags in our program, you know, but, Oh, I'm the slow guy. You know, I, I'm not, no, that that isn't going to fly around here. So, but yeah, you know, the hitting, the hitting, I, I just take a lot of pride in it. Again, I, I to me, it's, you got to build the trust that takes time. You know, a lot of guys that come into this program. Yeah. there's a skill set. They're talented. Um, and, and not to take anything for granted, but they maybe haven't had too much failure in their life. You know, they might've been that guy their whole time. And, you know, they, they get here and all of a sudden, they're seeing velo, which they think they've seen, but they haven't seen it as much. They're seeing movements, they're seeing depth on pitches. And then all of a sudden, once you're making one move here and there, you know, you're exploited. And as a coach, I and mean, you know this, you sit there and you kind of shake your head like, I like this kid, I like where his mind's at. I'm gonna help this kid. Now it's is this guy gonna be coachable? I gotta build that trust. I got to communicate with him. He needs to know my his my best interest is to help him. Um, and there's different ways I got to find out that way, you know, is he a football player? Do I got to get on him all the time? Uh, do I got to take a little bit more of a communication approach? Um, so there's different ways. And that's, what's fun for me. It really is. You know, that, that's, what's fun with me is the communication part of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, offensively it's, we're going to put our guys in uncomfortable situations. You know, I'm not talking about making them do different things, but just about the angles and just about the breaking ball, you know, and try different things and tell me what you're feeling. You know, tell me what you're feeling because I'll tell you what I see and the video will tell you what we see. I need to know what you're thinking. So a lot of different things that go on.
0: I'm sure from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, it's got to be nice to be like, especially if you're recruiting a hitter, be like, hey, you come here, you're going to be facing our pitchers daily uh, in the fall. That's going to get you better probably more than anything else.
1: Yeah and again that's that's where the challenge comes in you know we challenge these guys like you, you need to understand something this is the environment man that 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 the players in the past created you know obviously there's there's players that came in here maybe with a, bit, a little bit higher skill set at that time but it's the guys that quote are maybe a little bit behind them those are the guys that persevere those are the guys that move right on up and um, that that's what's exciting is you the the program itself. There's competition all the way across the board. Where oh yeah, you know I was starting shortstop here last year. Well, I ain't giving it to you this year. You know, obviously, you know, hats off to you. But the competition doesn't doesn't stop. And if anything, it's it's that guy who's coming in that sits there and looks to the side and says, Hey, I'm going to push this guy for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's going to make me better. And number two, it ultimately should make him better you know so it's more of the the we versus the me like hey man i'm gonna push you as high as you can and that's everywhere you know and that's where again i'll give a lot of credit to our our strength coach zach farrell is because he's competing those guys they're competing in the weight room you know you're looking to guys and you're wanting everybody to get the more everybody rises up the more you have to rise up and um and like I said, man, everything within this program is competition based and uh, it's a drive to make you get better.
0: Yeah, I, I I love that. And one of the things that I think when it comes down to recruiting is, you know, and I don't know if you saw the Nick Saban rant the other day on, I don't know, maybe it was a couple weeks ago. on on.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. Are you talking about with Amari Cooper and uh, was Des Fitzpatrick or no, Micah Fitzpatrick? Who was it? Is I that what it who was? was. Yeah, I mean that—that's that, the epitome right there. That why—why why wouldn't you want to come to a place where you're driven by the top talented players? Not just t- talented, just driven, just driven players that want to be the best. I, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but
0: no, no, I'm I, glad you. Was, yeah.
1: When you when you first asked that question, it's the first thing that I kind of popped into my head because yeah, I, I want guys here that man, I I want what that guy has, and I'm going to work to get what that guy has because. Before that, he was probably right there in your shoes. And I want want that. And next thing you know, you got Amari Cooper and Fitzpatrick going against each other. And next thing you know, they're first rounders together. And, you know, I I, I use that a lot. I actually sent that to our, you know, several of our players where this is what it's about. It's the competition, man. It's the, man, I want to earn what I'm going to get. And if somebody has something I want, I'm going to work to get it. I got some dust flying around in here. But, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's that's the drive. That's the drive that I'm looking for in a player. It's to want to be good. I don't need you to be perfect. Uh, you know, that's great being perfect. Yeah, but the reality of it is, in this game, there's there's no way you're going to be perfect. I just want you to compete. I want your will every single day that you're going to give me. You know, in our Hack Shack, which is our batting cages, there's a sign up there that says "1% better every day." That's what I want. You step into the cages. You go to the field. You're throwing a bullpen, a short box. You're doing catching drills, outfield, infield drills. It's about when I walk off the field, did I actually accomplish something today? Did I actually get better at something? Because if you can tally those notches all the way up, man, that's just telling you you're moving up, you're getting better. Um, So I love that. Yeah, I saw that video, man. I I immediately thought uh, several players in our program where that's what it comes down to. It's, you know what? Yeah, I'm not there yet but it's part of the process. And a lot of processes may become a little bit quicker or a little slower than others. Everybody has their own process, but that's the development phase of it, you know? And that's where the coaches come in and that's where uh, the players and the support staff, um, because we do, I, I mean, you look across the country, there's a lot of beautiful facilities. There's a lot of beautiful fields in weight rooms and everybody has really nice things. What I think helps us is the support staff from top to bottom. And you got your coaching staff that are with you, but there's a lot of people that influence our kids all the time. Um, our academic coordinator, Rachel Overton, does a phenomenal job. We have academic teams where our coaches will go through a draft and draft players and, we're expected or we're expected, we're responsible for those guys. That's our team. And we're trying to win and beat the other beat the other coaches, the other team. So that in its own right, right then and there. I mean, you got kids now looking at it. I'm getting a text from a coach on a Monday morning about a class, you know, and the competition never stops on and off the field. And
0: um, how do you how do you gauge that in a recruit? Because I'm sure any, anyone who's being recruited by you guys is obviously very talented. But how do you gauge? Because that's what separates guys. Yeah. I mean, how do you I, how do you gauge that?
1: It, it it's what we, it's the it's one of the number one things we tell them. Look here, guys. Baseball. There, yes, this is what we do. But outside of baseball, once you walk out, there's going to be something that you're going to earn here, and you're going to earn a degree. You know, and I'll say uh, 49 guys in pro ball right now, 47 of them have their degree. So, you know, there's a system in place when our guys first get here to help these guys with, with the summer three courses, uh, you know, because of the Kentucky Derby, you know, we finish earlier than a lot of schools. So we have a Master option. Um, so there's different things that we're doing to set these guys up to succeed in the classroom. And that's what we want. You know, that's ultimately what it is. Like guys, when you come here. Yes, you see the success of the baseball program and the players what they're doing. But gentlemen, you're graduating with a degree. Like you you need to understand that this coaching staff when you're here, you get the opportunity to go play pro baseball, you're getting your degree. That's one of the things we promised you and we told you in recruiting that you're that that's what we're going to help you get. Um and you know, obviously there's the, that's it. Comes down to that, you know. You just—it's a part of it. If you're going to play a collegiate sport, you got to tie in and take care of your academics. And like I said before, the support staff up and down—you know, everybody's everybody's pouring into these kids. Everybody's investing in these kids. And what ends up happening is, in the beginning, the younger guys kind of—they see everybody come at them, and they're—it's it's a little overwhelming in the beginning. But when the dust settles, they start to realize wow, I got a nutritionist. I have a strength and conditioning coach. I have a trainer. You know, I have, we got yoga set up. Like we, we got all these different things to help our kids in different areas to succeed. Um, And like I said, eventually what ends up happening is the dust settles and these guys, they just start navigating through, you know, And you know we have a mental uh, a mental coach, you know the mental side of the game, which not not too many programs have. We're blessed to have that Uh, with Dr. Shannon. She's a very vital part of our program, and she's around. You know we have FCA our FCA chaplain leader Chris Morgan's involved. Our team doctors. I mean, you start to look around in any normal year, you're going to start to see down to the end, you're going to see a kind of group of people. That's the support staff. You know that's the support staff that are pouring into these guys, where Heck man, you know, we're taking our academic coordinator on the road with us one trip. Or, you know, you look up in Omaha and these, all these, you know, who are all those guys? Well, you normally don't get that because everybody knows who they are, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, our athletic director, Vince Tyrake, pops down to practices, you know, talks to the guys, very involved. Um, you know, flies out to Omaha with us in 2019. Just, just everybody that's around, they're just constantly around. And just these kids feel that they're invested they're getting poured into around here um which like i said it, it makes this place special to be at because they were, oh yeah you must love being at louisville oh yeah you get it but it's the people that to me that's that's the separator for me it's it's the people that i'm working with but it's the people that are that are around us all the time that help you
0: gotta tell you what you guys definitely got the facilities that's that's definitely checked off
1: i appreciate it and we got a lot of people who help out with that you know yeah. and and like we tell our kids hey Number one, yeah, we're blessed to have this facility, but you got to take care of it. You got to take care of it. And you, you got to leave this place better than when you found it. Um, so, yeah, we're on our guys constantly. That goes into our locker room and then our downstairs. You know, we had a weight room downstairs. You probably remember seeing the, the, the building with downstairs. You know, we, we've added a few things down there and, you know, all these nice things that are happening here. There's a lot of people who are helping out with that that are investing in the program. So, you know, that our job is to have these players open their eyes and just say, yeah, th- you know, somebody's, somebody's pouring into this program and, you know, obviously we're not taking this for granted and we take everything uh, and appreciate everything that comes our way.
0: Getting back to recruiting a little bit, what, how many times do you want to go and watch a recruit or just as a staff, you guys want to watch a recruit play before you offer him a position or a spot on your team?
1: You know, it kind of depends. You know, and I say that because, obviously, you know, the last year and a half has put a curve – you know, last year. Yeah. Has really put a curveball on some things uh, for staff to get out and stuff like that. But there's a lot more that just goes into – I mean, obviously, you're going to see the kid play. You're going to have your opinions right there on the kid and how he plays. But then there's, there's different things that you're going, you're trying to find information on this kid. You know, you're talking to the travel ball coaches, you're talking to the high school coaches, you're, you're, you're talking to maybe wherever they get instruction from, you know, you're trying to get this. Then there's obviously the communicating part, excuse me, with the recruit. Um, And again, it's a little bit more, Hey, about us to the degree of, you know, here's what we're about. You know, here's probably what you see on tv or here's maybe what you hear but here we are here's here's a little bit about us and the values that we have um because honestly the reality of it is hey this place is not for everybody you know and we're not afraid to say that this place isn't for everyone Um, we want guys that want to be here you know and we'll make that we'll make that known right away in the process because you know the the kids that by that time obviously you know there's a lot of talent heck from when maybe we played I'm probably I'm older so you know when I played I'm a Michigan I'm from Michigan so you know I never had this I never would have had that kind of exposure I don't know you know I I just never had it and the recruiting process has moved forward from then when I played um so there is a lot of different things I think the, the thing is obviously you know our guys are seeing something we're seeing something that 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 we like and then it's it's let me get some information on this kid because, hey, man, if this guy doesn't do this, this, and this, and which we value, I think it's going to be hard for that kid to be successful here. i um, not saying we won't communicate. The kid call us or whatever, however it may be, and we communicate, and that may not be the issue um, because, yeah, you do want to talk to the – you want to be able to communicate with the recruit. Um, but I, I think it, it's a little bit – the situation is different for each player. Uh, I, I think I really believe that e- even position player to be even maybe a pitcher, you know, cause there's just different situations. I mean, for us, we like two way players, you know, we value two way players. We value players that play multi-sports. Um, it, it's, it's important to us. I, again, does that mean we won't recruit a guy who just plays or just plays baseball? We won't recruit him. No, that, that doesn't mean that. Um, but it won't shy us away from that. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, People that look at that and go, "Oh, you're not investing the time in the sport that you're wanting to play." But, but for us, there's you're creating value in other areas where, um, you know, once they get into that recruitable time frame, you know, um, the body's maturing. You know, there's just a lot of different things. There's things that football teaches a baseball player, or basketball with the endurance teaches a baseball player, and vice versa. Um, there's a lot of things. Like I like the fact that football players, everything's happening quick, quick. Quick, quick, and then as a baseball player, things do happen quick. But we really want to try it slow down, and that's where the preparation kind of comes in. Um, so recruiting, like I said, recruiting is a little bit, you know, to answer that question. Hopefully, I kind of answered it for you. I think there's just different variables in there that can kind of that can kind of move move the pendulum one way or the other.
0: You mentioned two way players. How often do you recruit two way players, and they actually come to Louisville and play two ways?
1: Well, I, and actually make it there. It's tough. It, it, it's tough. Now we've had players come in and we, they've done the two way, you know, they they've been doing the two way and eventually gets to a point where, yeah, some got Brendan McKay was, was obviously one of the most, you know, touted two way players that we've had here. Um, but he, we made it known to Brendan that, Hey, you're going to take care of your body and your arm from the pitching standpoint. So, if there's a day where you're not wanting to take BP because of a recovery day or a lift day or however it may be, you know, and that's, that's where, you know, as he got older, because as a, as a freshman, he kind of moved into that weekend rotation and, and was a hitter for us. And then obviously once he got his junior year, it was a constant, it was a mainstay. So you learn, you learn those players kind of know their bodies, you know, and we limit their throws and all that, but yeah, we have, I mean, again, you're talking about two or three guys that are coming here and some stay with it and some maybe lean more towards the other and kind of say, you know what, I, I, you know, I didn't realize how demanding it is because that's what a lot of young players don't really realize, to be honest, Uh, you know, this is how demanding it could be to be a two-way player at this level. It's challenging. It's tough. Uh, And that's where the communication comes from all your staff members, being able to communicate with these guys to keep the guy Ultimately, You just want to keep these guys on the field. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's harder than than, than the recruits think, um, but it doesn't shy away from us working with those guys. You know, Jared Polin is in that boat right now for us, and um, you know, it's uh, he's kind of in the same thing where McKay was. Where hey, man, you're going to get your swings in when you're when you want when you can, you know. And uh, it's kind of more of a limitation to him because again, he, he knows his swing now. He's been here for you know two and a half years. The guy knows what's going on. He understands the approach, he understands his swing. Um, but yeah, we've had guys, you know, Lincoln Hensman, I, you know, Lincoln Hensman was a stopper of the year uh several years back, was a draft pick with the White Sox. And uh heck, he came in here at all fall and just, you know, hey coach, I you know, I want to pitch. And obviously it worked out pretty darn good for him. Um, you know, being a stopper of the year and ends up getting drafted by the White Sox, and then you know, he's he's starting in their organization. So Um, Like I said, there's value in that with us. That's the athleticism that we're looking for, too. Guys that can play multiple positions, because what ended up happening was one year he ends up, and I believe it was his junior year, we're down in Virginia, and it comes around. He's pitching. It comes around. He's at bat. Lincoln, you hit. Yeah, all right. And the guy just steps in there. He almost goes backside. It's like... Well, what the heck, man? Why weren't we doing that in the fall of your face? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it just that—that's where, um, you know, like I said, that's the the athletic ability takes over. You know, the you know the older guy, you know, understands that a little bit better than the younger guy. Not saying younger guys won't, but they get it. They get a little bit more understanding of it. But yeah, we we value the two way player for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, Adam. This has been a great episode. Um, is there anything else you'd want to say? I mean, you have the you have the floor now to to say it.
1: No, hopefully, like I said, hopefully I, you know, I, I'm just appreciative that you had me on, uh, honestly. Um, you know, like I said, it, for, for me, the opportunity to be able to kind of come on this and introduce myself to everybody and obviously get to meet you has been great. Um, yeah, I, I as you, hopefully you can tell man, I, I really enjoy this game. I, I love this game. Uh, I have three little boys that, you know, they're, they're around the ball players and, uh, this is just something that I love. I love to do. And I love the communication. I love meeting new people. Um, I love meeting new things, new ways to do some things. So, um, really, I, like I said, I appreciate it. Um, and if anybody has any, any questions for me, just send them my way for me. So
0: awesome. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it.
1: You're more than welcome. Take care. All right.